going to start every episode with a laugh. Hello, and welcome into episode two of Slow Burn, um, the amazing podcast with your hosts, Stephen and Jeffrey. And so last week, we did a movie review on the movie Parasite. Uh, a little bit different because it was foreign film and everything. This week we're kind of going back to normal, and we're going to do, I guess, more normal, and we're going to do the Suicide Squad. But first, we wanted to kind of touch on, I saw one of our Instagram comments from the lovely Jennifer Smith commented that we didn't really explain fully what the name of the podcast means and why we named it that. So, Slow Burn Jeff, what is a slow burn movie to you? Well, the idea for this podcast name originated from what you say to me a hundred times a day when I'm in your little cubicle and we're talking about movies and you're like, man, Jeff, you just love the slow burn movies. So we just thought that'd be a really cool name for the podcast. And it is true. Most of the movies I like, you know, I don't typically go for like the superhero, big action, you know, nonstop movies because those get boring. I'm more into the like slower pace, like character study and like, you know, beautiful camera work. So movies like The Lighthouse, for example. Right. So a slow burn. You love The Lighthouse. We're going to mention that every podcast. Every, every podcast. <laughs> every so the meaning of a slow burn movie to me, now this could be different for you, mm-hmm. but it's a movie that's kind of slower paced in the beginning. It almost feels like it's dragging and then it picks up towards the end. Yeah. Is that, am I on it there? Or in is a, that? Yeah. In a way, honestly, it's, it's more like the A24 type of movie where it's like more focused on cinematography and like the craft of the film itself as opposed to the massive action and you know things like that it's okay. more, more focused it's on more, the and the creation yeah. of the project okay it's more artistic it, yeah you okay. can say that okay that's not that's... to say like action movies can't be artistic though no I, well i think all movies can be artistic i'm just saying that the movies that you like anyways typically are more typically. focused on their i think arts. that's fair yeah okay so that's where the the name of the podcast comes from. Jeff loves slow burn movies. If it has a slow burn, if he mentions slow burn, I know it's automatic, like a five star <laughs> movie from him. You know, so that's where the name of the movie com- or the name of the podcast comes from. So on this episode, we are going to review the Suicide Squad. Came out this year, uh, I guess almost a month ago. Right at it, yeah. It's a Warner Brothers movie. Came out on HBO Max at the same time as the movie theaters. It's one of those movies. I know Jeff. Hates that they do that, but I kind of love it because I'm lazy. <laughs> and I also have a child that's hard to go to movie theaters all the time. James Gunn movie. I love James Gunn. Yes. Do you have any fun facts about the movie before we get into reviewing? I know I have several, but I wanted to go with yours first. Well, speaking of James Gunn, um, when he approached this project, he specifically filled the Suicide Squad with like obscure and unknown villains because he felt that that would be more faithful to the actual Suicide Squad comics. He, like, he wanted to stick with like the original vision, a mostly second-rate antagonist, because he felt like there's like a tragic element to supervillains who aren't even good at being bad. Yeah. So one of, that was pretty neat. Definitely. One of the notes I have that makes at least this one, probably not the first one, but this, the Suicide Squad good, is that, <laughs> well, I don't know what to call it, uh, is that no character is safe. You never feel like there's one character that you can depend on or that they're going to make it through this action scene because mm-hmm. in the first five minutes of this movie, anyways, they, they kill everyone. So pretty, it's, it's, yeah, you know, that was a pretty cool callback to like mission, the first mission impossible as well. Which, yes. If you yes. Where they, that movie, yes. Where um, they kill everyone. In the literally, first 10 minutes. Yes. <laughs> Tom Cruise is the only survivor. I will say the exception to what you just said is, um, Harley Quinn, because Margot Robbie let James Gunn know before they started this, that if you kill, Harley, Harley Quinn, Quinn, I will kill you. Okay, so. okay, I like it. I like it. I, I do my research very hardcore. You know, I'm very mm-hmm. 
deep dives. Um, I didn't just look at the Wikipedia pages. No, so never. It's absolutely not of James Gunn and the Suicide Squad. No. So the first thing you read on Wikipedia is that it is a standalone sequel. Mm-hmm. So I like that. I didn't know how to describe this because you, you don't know if it's a reboot or a sequel or it's a standalone sequel. So I wanted to use that. Just a little bit of facts about James Gunn, and one of the reasons I think that he is such a good, and we'll get into this later as our review goes too, he's such a good composer, as in like he picks the right songs, I feel like, for every movie he does, and they're so good. He was in a band. He actually started a band in 1989. They were called The Icons, and he has even composed music, so he's even made his own music for movies uh, like Scooby-Doo. (laughs) <laughs> Which is a James Gunn movie. Right on there. Yes. He he it's made crazy. music for that one. That's probably why he's a song song tri genius. Yep. His first big movie was actually Scooby Doo. His first Hollywood hit or Hollywood big big budget film was Scooby Doo. And then of course he had this follow up Scooby Doo two, Monsters Unleashed, you know, the goat of all movies. Not really, but you know. Um <laughs> Do you know he was married to Jenna Fisher? I did not know that. Didn't know that. He was married to Jenna Fisher for a wow. while. So Pam from The Office was married to James Gunn. They're not Gunn. still together. No, no, no. Okay. They're not married anymore. So is this like during The Office era? I'm not Fisher? sure what years it was. I I want to say up until like 2008 they were married, but wow. that could be very wrong. Don't Wikipedia that if you're curious. Um, one of his other films kind of after Scooby-Doo and Scooby-Doo 2 before Guardians. It's a movie called Slither. Mm-hmm. Um, the only, you, are you familiar? I am. I haven't seen it, actually. Okay, I haven't seen it either. The only reason I put this in my James Gunn notes is it was ranked in the Rotten Tomatoes 50 Best Reviewed Horror Movies Ever. Wow. So I, I feel like that was out, high praise, and I wanted, so Slither is, is on our list. The next movie after kind of that big budget film was Guardians of the Galaxy. Mm-hmm. Obviously, very well-known movie. Also um, very overrated. Not at all. It's a great movie. I love James Gunn, so you're going to figure this out as we go through the review and everything like that. I think he is a genius, especially when it comes to ensembles and kind of action comedy movies. I think he does that really well. The movies that have done really well, like, I mean, a kid's movie like Scooby-Doo, but it still did really well at the box office and and had a big budget and everything like that. Mm -hmm. Great ensemble. One of the first movies I ever saw in theaters when I was a kid. Really? Yeah. I had both movies, both DVDs. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, another ensemble movie that I think he worked with really well. He's able to develop characters kind of separately and together at the same time. And kind of, he, he does good banter with his characters. He does. He's also like even great at making animals somehow. Yes. Good characters. Yes. That is, that's apparently his thing too. Rocket Raccoon and Guardians, Scooby-Doo and, and Scooby-Doo. King Shark. And King Shark. And <laughs> he also, one of the reasons I did read that he wanted to do, they thought about bringing Killer Croc back from the original Suicide Squad. Mm. Uh, but he wanted to do another animal type thing, and so he did wanted uh, Nanawe, uh, King Shark, for this one, and then he only wanted Sylvester Stallone to do it. He wrote the part mm. for Sylvester Stallone's voice to do it, and so it's kind of cool. I did. I did read a fun fact where he basically told Stallone, "He's like, I have a part for you. You're a massive, overweight talking shark." <laughs> and Stallone said, "Anything for you, buddy." <laughs> <laughs> another character that he wrote the part for. Uh, or kind of had in mind uh, Idris Elba. When he wrote the part for Bloodsport, he only had Idris Elba in mind. Mm-hmm. And he said he wrote it for Idris Elba. Idris Elba ended up taking the part kind of immediately because he was so flattered that he wrote a whole part just for him. Yeah. Also, Idris Elba is just kind of a kind of a BA. Like, I, I like him awesome. in most in almost all movies and stuff Who like doesn't? that. He's got that, like, suave, like, you know what I'm saying? It's just amazing. Yeah. <laughs> apparently, people were confused because they initially thought he was hired to replace Will Smith as Deadshot. Yeah. But obviously, it was decided that he would play a new character 
apparently the goal was for Will Smith to possibly return in the future. So yes, that well, is they. Interesting. So one of the facts I read, Suicide Squad, at least the sequel that was supposed to be, was kind of in a director slash writer hell for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, they went in and out. David Iyer, the original director, was supposed to direct it, but then he wanted to move on to Birds of Prey. I think it was originally called like. Um, gals of gotham city or something like that something weird like that mm-hmm. but he wanted to move on with birds of prey so they're looking for another director to kind of direct and write at the same time that birds of prey was going on so they wanted that kind of simultaneous not release but in progress of the movies i guess is the best way to say that so they were in that kind of lockdown it was supposed to be will smith was supposed to almost have his own standalone show Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of standalone movie, everything like that. He was definitely supposed to be brought back for Suicide Squad. He had a contract for it and everything like that, or for the sequel. Ended up obviously not going that direction. The whole reason James Gunn actually got well, we'll move on with James Gunn kind of movie yeah. uh, history here because we'll get to why he got chosen. So after Guardians, he does the Belko Experiment, another horror movie, which didn't know he liked. Was it in horror movie that much? Have you seen? I have not seen. Uh, interesting, interesting concept. It's it's not bad. It's not like the best horror movie ever, but it's mm-hmm. not bad. Interesting concept, though. I won't go into that. That's a story for another time. <laughs> and then uh, Guardians 2 happens. Guardians of the Galaxy 2 happens. Great Better movie. The first one another, another really good movie. Yeah. Another great soundtrack. Sylvester Stallone. Sylvester Stallone <laughs> is very small part in that. Very small. Yeah. Uh, then he's about to start work on the writing and directing of Guardians 3. Comes out that he has some bad tweets, um, bad jokes. Not even, uh, yeah. I, wouldn't, I wouldn't consider them bad tweets. Or, these or, were way, but these were like 2009, like pretty yeah, early. Yeah, I thought they were even before that. Maybe. I mean, they were, they were a really long time ago. Mm-hmm. Just, just jokes that some people took offensive. Disney then fires him. Basically, and then after an outcry from all of the cast from Guardians and uh, several other people in that field, Disney decides to hire him back. The problem is that in that time off that he had from Disney, Warner Brothers hires him to write and direct and I believe produce. I think he was writer, director and producer of the Suicide Squad. Um, So that's kind of how he got attached to it and how it got out of the director slash writer hell that it was in. Uh, thank God they didn't stay with David Iyer. And honestly, James Gunn was the perfect person to yes, handle these suicides. I think so. I, I know they jumped all over it when he became available. Yes, yes. I mean, he's perfect with ensembles, a great rated R kind of movie with the jokes. And uh, I think he's kind of made for this type of movie, um, sure. the way his directing it, style it is. more creative freedom as opposed yes, to Marvel. Reality. Yes, like a lot of creative freedom, a lot of... Um, I think he's really good with comic book movies in general, so mm-hmm. far anyways. So I did read that... Gunn created Suicide Squad from the comics based in the 80s. That was his his uh, vision for this version of the Suicide Squad. He took inspiration from movies like Kelly's Heroes, if you've ever seen that. Yeah. Uh, and he called it a superhero version of the Dirty Dozen. That was what, how he described the movie. Or, or I guess his vision for the movie. Pretty awesome way to describe it, actually. <laughs> yes, yes. And then I, I, I kind of read up on the casting a little bit. We already went into Sylvester Stallone and Idris Elba. Ratcatcher 2, I believe, was one of 500. The actress that eventually got it, Danielle, I believe is her first name. I can't, I'm going to butcher her last name, so I'm not even going to try. Yeah, I'm not even going to try. Yeah, I'm not going to try. I think she did really good. I thought she was awesome, What's, actually. What was very interesting to me is that she got past, I believe, uh, the initial interviews uh, for the job. She had to do, I'll actually read what I have, chemistry tests with live rats. 
because her character worked <laughs> with rats. So they had to see how she would work with live rats. That is insane. So I'm, I'm very curious as how that chemistry test went about. Did they just trap her in a room with a bunch of rats and say, how you feeling? <laughs> yeah, what does that even mean? Like, I don't know. That was what I, that is her. what is on it. Is She's that a lot she more do. brave than I am. Yes. Yes. I don't like rats. Yeah. I, I, does anybody? <laughs> definitely not Idris Elba. Yeah, definitely not Indiana Jones' dad. Um, so, <laughs> so that was all my fun facts. Do you have any more that you would like to add? Uh, that's pretty much it. The only other notable thing I thought was mildly interesting was that, you know, if you notice Harley's rotten facial tattoo was removed from this, even though it was in the previous DC movies because James Gunn and Robbie thought it was pretty stupid. More really? I guess, honestly so. did not I, I did not notice that at yeah. all. Yeah. So that was pretty cool. That is cool. So. Oh, last one. We go back to casting a little bit. Mm-hmm. I believe that James Gunn likes to kind of pester his brother Sean a little bit. Clearly. Just a little bit. <laughs> Sean Gunn's the weasel mm-hmm. in the Suicide Squad. <laughs> what a great performance. <laughs> what an insane performance. <laughs> Oscar worthy. Honestly. And he's also the I don't even know what you call it, the motion... Um, motion capture. Motion capture yeah. person for Rocket Raccoon yes. <laughs> in the Guardians of the Galaxy. I think he just loves to torture his brother. He's pretty much, like, squatted down the whole yes, time, Yes, right? I know. So he is just... He likes to torture his brother a little bit, I think. But his brother's fair game for it. That's pretty cool. That's, like, it's hey, very you cool. you give me a check to be on a big budget yeah, film? Give sure, me a I'm check, in. put me on, but I'll just be the weasel. <laughs> <laughs> so just go into what the... Critics and audience score I got from just Rotten Tomatoes. Mm-hmm. It got a 82 in the audience, which I was surprised that it got that low in the audience because critics give it a 91. I will say that honestly to me is pretty high because with stuff like this that's so highly anticipated and has such a big fan yeah. base, people like their expectations are so ridiculously high. Most of the time, they'll just bomb it with bad reviews. So I feel like the 82 is still really solid. It is solid, but I feel like movies like this, kind of like um, this movie to me anyways, in the same vein as Deadpool or Guardians of the Galaxy, kind of a mix of those to me Honestly, anyways. Yeah. Um, and, you know, Deadpool got insanely good reviews from everybody in the audience. So I, I thought it would be more along that line just because to me anyways, it was a fun kind of comedic movie. And mm-hmm. I feel like those typically do well in the audience. course, so I was surprised that it got an 82 Really, honestly, I was just surprised that it got an 82 and the critics went above the audience. Because movies like this, I feel like critics would go lower and the audience that would go a good higher. That is a very good point. Um, and then I saw the average rating overall was a 7.5 out of 10. It was a Which quick really Google good. there. That's really good. I think it's good. 91% I think it, total from critics. Yeah. So. I, think it, I think it was better. But we can get into that as we go into our review. Very quick. This time it's going to be a very quick <laughs> synopsis of the movie. Okay. Very quick. Basically, if you've seen the Suicide Squad or the original Suicide Squad that came out four years ago. 2016. Five years ago. Yeah. So I was off by a year. Uh, it's just a bunch of B-minus villains from DC Comics that have to go on this suicidal mission, basically. They're in prison. If they succeed, they get... A lighter sentence. A lighter sentence. I think it's 50 years off their sentence, and most of them obviously have, like, triple lifetime sentences or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the person controlling them is Viola Davis's character, um, which I'm blanking on her name in the movie right now. But uh, she has a chip in their brain. If they don't do what she says, she explodes. She kills them. Mm-hmm. Um, and basically they're sent on missions that they're likely to die. In this movie, they have to go to this island. Um, that they don't really tell you where it is, but it's bad people on this island, and they're Starro the Conqueror is the villain, and they're trying to 
I guess, blow that up originally, and then they end up having to kill Star of the Conqueror. Mm-hmm. That, uh, well that was, done, Steve. It's very short. That is... I feel like yes. that was descriptive and short. It that didn't give everything away. 20 minutes shorter than you did last week. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm proud of you. Thank you. I worked hard on that. <laughs> I literally have for the people for the people listening at home. I literally have in the notes. Don't let Stephen talk so much. So we're gonna we're gonna let you we're gonna hear, we're gonna hear some great Jeffrey content today. Great might be a stretch, but yeah. <laughs> so I will let you start off with your notes from the movies, and then we will go on to my notes. Maybe I'll piggyback off of a couple of years. Okay, sure. Honestly, the first thing I want to talk about that I noticed is James Gunn seems really fascinated with shooting reflections in this movie. Literally, the opening shot is a shot of a little oh, yep, yep. that's reflected as the camera does, like this 360 turnaround. Yes. And that was just a really neat way to start the film off. It's it's kind of like, I know he's had disagreements with Martin Scorsese about, you know, whether these superhero movies are real movies or not. Yeah. So I feel like that was kind of his way of flexing his... That was know, another, um, another thing I read, which I did not realize. I guess I did, but it was so long ago. He got an argument with Black Jack and another actor about how superhero movies were not art. Hmm. There's also another reflection. Oh, I do want to touch on, do you know the, what do you call the actor? What do you call him? The actor who's in the reflection shot. What do I call him? Yeah, because you never remember his name, so what do you call him? Isn't it Savant? Yeah, no, but I'm saying oh, the actor. Oh, the name. actual actor. Yeah, oh, the actor. generic Woody Harrelson. Yeah, no, you call him <laughs> knockoff Woody Harrelson. Yes. <laughs> his name is Michael Rooker. Yes, Also you. in Guardians. Uh, but yes, I love Thank that you, you called him the knockoff Woody I'm Harrelson. In the second Guardians, thought it was Woody Harrelson at first. It does. Like, what? It looks, he looks like a knockoff version of Woody Harrelson. It's so true. He looks like a sorry to Michael Rooker. He looks like a drugged out version of Woody Harrelson, which Woody Harrelson's already drugged out. So what yes. does that tell you? It's so true, though. Sorry, I just had to no, point that you. out. I'm that actually was, glad you. Savant did. is the character's name, and yes, knockoff Woody Harrelson is the actor. I remember that, but yes, that was clutch. There's a pivotal scene near the end of the movie as well, where James Gunn has the audacity to shoot it through the reflection of a helmet, which is so cool. It's like a slow little pan. Reflection. Remind me of the scene. Is they're fighting? It's near the end of the movie when John Cena's character mm-hmm. has the hard drive that shows that the U.S. government was involved in the whole scheme. Yes. And they're fighting. He's fighting with Rick Flagg. Yes. And the, the fight. Yes, I know what you're talking about. I know what you're talking about. That's very cool, though. I thought Stanford. it was very it cool. Was, it was sick. Yeah. Another, um, so I'm just going to, we're just going to piggyback off each other here if that yeah. works for you. Um, another thing that I think James Gunn does really, or in this movie, I don't know if he necessarily does in all of his movies, kind of the opposite of that you would think of my whole uh, opening credits scene thing that I hate so much. Mm-hmm. One of the things I loved in this movie and I thought was so creative and maybe it was just kind of dumb or childish or, or comic book esque. He writes what he wants to say, like a, like as what would be just a, a narrator saying it or just kind of text on a screen. He writes it in what the character's doing, if that makes sense. Yeah. So Idris Elba is wiping a toilet kind of at the beginning and then it says two days earlier mm-hmm. on the, on the soap, yeah. on the toilet, there's yeah. multiple things at times he does notes like that and I kind of loved it. it's very to me it was very comic book-esque yeah no I loved it too and that was actually one of my notes because one thing that you made fun of me about in the past is how I talk about how I love movies are told and how when movies are told in chapters like a novel right and he does it here but it's more like integrated into the scene like we see it numerous times it's like meanwhile Harley Quinn or like right when we it's non-linear in a couple of sequences yes. and then yes. when we come back he'll be like 
you know, something will blow across the screen that says now. Yes. So you know where you're at. And I thought it was just like really there's clever. a part where there's flames and it spells out, it says like now or mm-hmm. something in flames. And then the shot of like the Jotunheim sign was insane. I don't even know how they like composed that shot. Which I don't shot? even know how to describe it. It's when they finally rescue Harley Quinn mm-hmm. and they're back and, you know, they're threatening. I don't even remember the character's name, but the one with the things coming out of his head. Who's like kind of the guy? Oh, that's oh yes, him. the uh, the 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 Brainiac guy. Yeah, I, when, I don't know what his name when is. Harley Quinn's like, if you have you know customized license plates, yes. you die. Yes. It's, it's right before that scene. <laughs> okay, okay, it's really neat. Okay, cool. One thing that you failed to mention at the very beginning should have been your first note. Mm-hmm. Weasel is iconic. Oh, Weasel is the best character. Well, I didn't want to steal your thunder. Yeah, this that's is, fair. This is your that's moment. fair. Weasel is everything. <laughs> best character. Best character by far. Why did nobody tell it? Check if Weasel can swim. <laughs> Don't know, but that was the biggest laugh Love that me. Savant tried to save him, too. <laughs> and honestly, oh, one thing we could talk about is how we saw this differently. So you did see it at home on HBO Max. I did. And I saw it in a theater. And in a theater, during that scene, when we switched drowning, the yes. whole place was dying. Like, okay. everybody just screaming. And it made it that much more fun. Right. The good thing about seeing movies in a theater is that, obviously, you're with a lot of other people. Instead mm-hmm. of watching it by yourself i watch it with my wife so at least we could piggyback laughing off of each sure. other when you're seeing a theater though you have a theater full of people even if you right. don't find something that funny if you have six people laughing in the corner you automatically start laughing a little yes. bit so it definitely helps the comedic timing of everything one more thing i will say as well about the reflections this maybe my favorite scene mm-hmm. is the father-daughter dynamic you get between Ratcatcher yes. 2 and um blood sport but even though he, they aren't actually father daughter. You right. can see like they really start. Bonding. I thought you were gonna say Taco Atiti. No. Well, okay, that is actually my favorite scene in the movie where okay. we get that flashback. Uh-huh. He's like, you know, rats are the lowliest of creatures. If they have a purpose, we all do. Right. The scene is beautiful, actually. Right. Um, but what I'm talking about is before that, when we get the flashbacks through the actual window of the bus, and James Gunn shoots it with like yes. her framed in the bottom right, and then the actual flashback scene yes. in the window, and it's just awesome. And he even does like a shot reverse shot where we come out of the bus looking back in, and then back into the bus looking out. It's just pretty good, crazy creative. And so I think awesome. he's, I mean, he's very creative. Clearly. Another thing that um, kind of more comic book uh, shot that I liked a lot that I thought was just it was almost like you're seeing it through the the eyes of Harley Quinn mm-hmm. when she's breaking out and all of a sudden all her gunshots and all the blood that's normally, you know, blood is flowers. Mm-hmm. So I love that he shot it that way because I think that's such a Harley Quinn thing. Um, very comic book-esque, very mm-hmm. comic-y, nerdy, geeky kind of stuff there. But I almost like, I mean, when I saw that, I'm thinking, okay, this must be what Harley Quinn sees when she sees violence. <laughs> it's just flowers and happiness. It's really happiness. interesting to hear you describe it that way because that was one of my critiques of the movie. So you actually. didn't like it. I felt it was out of place. It, it did feel, so it was jarring mm-hmm. because they he didn't do it until then. Exactly. They were, like they in they Birds were, of Prey, that happens a lot, actually. Really? Um, not necessarily the flowers, but just like. See, I never saw Birds of Prey. Stuff, well, it's. You're you're not. I'm not missing anything. (laughs) But yeah, that was that was why I liked it though, just because I felt it was such a Harley Quinn moment, I guess, and it was it felt like it was just a callback to comics almost. Yeah, Uh, just kind of breaking out of the okay, this is a comic, breaking out of the like not even seriousness of the movie, but just hey, this is a comic book movie still. Yeah, I mean that makes sense to me. And it felt like it was a Harley Quinn, like you were seeing what Harley Quinn sees when she sees herself killing people, which is happiness and flowers and rainbows. I just don't understand why we don't see that every other time she does it in the movie. That's fair, but this was the only time she's really solo too. That's true. We already talked about the chapters and everything. The title card is awesome, by the way, when Savant gets blown up. Yes. When he is, you know, deserting the mission. Yes. And then 
you know, the suicide squad yes. pops up in blood in the yes. water. Again, Just another one of those. I do want to talk about the beginning of the movie. So obviously I think this movie was kind of confusing to a lot of people because you don't know if it's a reboot, you don't know if it's a sequel, you don't know if it connects to the first movie at all or if mm-hmm. it's just a completely new movie, what's going on. That's why I tried to open this with it as a standalone sequel. I love that at the very beginning of the movie, James Gunn doesn't try to redo everything. He doesn't try to re-explain what the Suicide Squad is. It is a minute-long scene of Viola Davis's character explaining to Bloodsport what it means. Mm-hmm. And I love that he just did it really quick. Like, yeah. he didn't he didn't spend half the movie trying to explain the Suicide Squad like the original one did of what it means to be in the Suicide Squad and trying to, to give all these characters a long backstory and trying to... He just threw you into it. And I love yeah. that because most people that are seeing this movie probably saw the first one or are at least oh, familiar sure. with it, right? Yeah. So you don't have to redo that. Right. You know, you don't have to spend half the movie just redoing, watching something that you've already seen. That's a, a better version, I guess, but still watching something you've already seen. It's completely, it's just like a minute and a half of like, hey, this is the Suicide Squad just to recap you here. Mm-hmm. This is what it is. Go. Yeah. Kind of thing. So exactly. I love that he, that he did that. Obviously, I don't know how we got this far into our notes and haven't said it again, but <laughs> the soundtrack is just. It's awesome. It's amazing. I mean, you open up with that Johnny Cash song, the, I think, at the very beginning of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, there's several other points where the music cuts in at the right time. and I, sound, I think I love the James Gunn soundtrack because they're songs that you can listen to all the time. Yeah. It's not like just a, a composer doing music, which there are points where it's, it's like that. But mm-hmm. he has music that I would just want to make a soundtrack to and just listen all the time, you know? <laughs> I, I totally agree. And one thing, one cool thing he integrates in this one is that sometimes songs will start like on a radio. So we hear them the way the characters and then through a radio and then they yes, come. Another brilliant thing. And he also reverses that as well, but it's, it's really cool. And another smart thing he did was that scene I was talking about. That's my favorite with Ratcatcher two as a child and Taika Waititi <laughs> on the tower. Yes. That's actually, they use like a musical score for that. Yes. Like an actual kind. So that's genius to not throw a song there to understand like this is an actual moving moment that needs like a score. So right. That was really impressive too. Um, so a couple of funny notes I have. All right, let's as we go through. I'm ready for this. <laughs> so TDK, the detachable kid. Yep. First of all, do you know that was Nathan Fillion? I did not actually. I didn't either until I looked up the cast. Nathan Fillion, he was in, uh, I think Castle is the uh, show he was in, the crime show he was in. Uh, the Detachable Kid, I just wanted to point out. My wife actually said this, so I can't take credit. She made this joke. He, his arms detached from his body is how you know what he does. And then she immediately says, what did he get arrested for? Groping women. <laughs> like, <laughs> why would you jump to that? <laughs> jump into conclusions. Yes, so that was the initial thought on TDK. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yes. His scene made me laugh very hard when... <laughs> Yes. Harley Quinn is just shocked. Like, what is he doing? <laughs> yes, it's perfect. Uh, one of the first notes I said I had when I saw Ratcatcher 2 and the rat come up on her shoulder, the one that's, I forget what the name of the rat Sebastian. is. Sebastian. Mm-hmm. I just said, I'm going to be so sad if he dies. Yes. <laughs> if Sebastian dies, I die, okay? Yes. That's one of my favorite moments is at the end of the film when um, Bloodsport is just sitting there. After they're headed back, and Sebastian's on his leg. And he starts and petting he starts him. Petting him. <laughs> yes. yes. It reminded me of the Guardian of the Galaxy scene when uh, they think Groot has died, <laughs> kind of towards the end <laughs> yeah. of the movie. And you have, uh, oh gosh, what's the character's name? I can't remember. Petting Rocket Raccoon. Yeah. Yes, that's what that reminded <laughs> me of. So perfect. I think that 
everybody to a certain extent identifies with polka dot man <laughs> and his outlook on the world of just depressed and sad <laughs> and everything the world is ending all the time mm-hmm. there's no hope and just sadness mm-hmm. I, I thought that was hilarious like every time he came on the screen and just said something like mm-hmm. it was just the most depressing it yeah. was an eeyore thing to say i it, was like i identify with you <laughs> it reminds me of like when Ratcatcher asked him like i thought you were the crazy one it says i am <laughs> <laughs> Exactly, exactly. I think he has complete self awareness, mm-hmm. I think is what makes it so funny and that he just is depressed all the time it's, and it's just hilarious. Yes, he hates his mom. He does does hate his mom. The one of my favorite scenes, <laughs> another thing that James Gunn does is that he just Puts you. Uh, that's why another reason I think it might have been Harley Quinn's vision of the flowers and everything like that is he puts you kind of through his uh, polka dot man's vision mm-hmm. when you see like that. I think one of your favorite scenes is when he's dancing on the dance floor and you just see <laughs> copies of his mom dancing all around him. Killed me. Or my favorite one though was when Starro is wreaking havoc over the town oh, and they yeah. decide to fight him and then he just says, "Vision, Vision, Starro is your mom." And they just <laughs> do a CGI animation. <laughs> Man's mom as a giant starfish wreaking <laughs> havoc, and I died. Dude, it was I lost so it. funny when that happened. Superhero, <laughs> he gets crushed. Yes. Um, going with superhero though, another thing that I thought James Gunn did really well, and he he did it. He did a couple of them in Guardians too. He does really good superhero shots. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Like where you see the entire cast or uh, supervillains in this case or whatever, and mm-hmm. they're like just badass like walking towards something or you know kind of at the very beginning when you get the the fake suicide squad i guess the one that all dies Mm -hmm. you get that shot with the flag behind them um there's another shot when they're going into the the tower where starro is kept Mm -hmm. and it's kind of when they're going into destroy starro you see the whole cast kind of walking up and like off the puddles and everything like that and it it just looks cool and then Mm -hmm. you have that you know his soundtrack cuts in behind them and it just makes them sound so much more badass that you're just like this is awesome (laughs) he has multiple shots you want to know what james gunn's favorite shot in the movie is i would love to he said his favorite shot that he did was king shark ripping the man apart in the pouring down rain (laughs) (laughs) the pouring down rain shots too were really cool they were great they're really cool they really were the smoke and fog that happens too in that and that whole sequence is really cool i can't believe you haven't mentioned your favorite scene yet or favorite line i'm waiting the tidy whities <laughs> but that's just racist <laughs> so dumb. john cena and tidy whities just makes me laugh it's, this so is, dumb. it's one of the dumbest things ever like i think one of the things that james, james gunn does great too is he makes really stupid things that still make you laugh you know mm-hmm. it's like why am i laughing at this yeah. you still laugh almost. it's like a dad joke almost there's like, a lot of those laugh. But it's he, just honestly, he'll he'll just throw a billion jokes at the wall because there are a lot of jokes in this movie right. that don't work that fall right. flat. But he doesn't care. No, he's just going to keep trying. You, I mean, that, I think that's part of comedy, though, is you just honestly. throw a bunch of jokes at the wall, and what sticks sticks, and mm-hmm. then what doesn't, you're still like, oh, okay, I see what you're trying to do there. But mm-hmm. eh. <laughs> yeah, I loved the rivalry scene between Peacemaker and Bloodsport. <laughs> yeah, they're scene. just killing everybody. It reminded me of uh, the Lord of the Rings uh, kill count between. Um, mm-hmm. Legolas and uh-huh. uh, I honestly don't remember. Oh that come scene. on, the I, dwarf! I can't remember his name either. Uh, My wife's yeah, gonna kill me. Yeah. But they, you know, the, in the first three movies, or all, I guess in all the Lord of the Rings movies, they're keeping that kill count between each other, and that's mm-hmm. what that reminded me of in that short scene. I didn't even think that. Yes, that's what that reminded me of. And then I love that they just got there and they just killed everybody they needed to yeah. stay alive. <laughs> they killed their whole army. <laughs> You're not gonna understand this, but for anybody who's seen Rick and Morty, it's the face sucker episode. 
If you've seen Rick and Morty, you know what I'm talking about. Just no think idea. of Face Sucker episode. As soon as you see the stars latched onto people's faces, just think of the Face Sucker see, episode. That made me think of something much more childish. It made me think of the SpongeBob movie when Plankton's like using the the yes, bucket that helmets. too. That too. <laughs> that too. <laughs> um, okay, I just have a couple more. Um, Margot Robbie. For being Australian, like not American at all, mm-hmm. she has nailed the Jersey accent. She's an incredible actress. The Jersey Amazing. accent is just she has got it down to a T, and it's it. the most stereotypical Jersey accent ever. But it, it just I just love it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, she's great. And honestly, like Quentin Tarantino would have loved the scene in this movie where she uses her feet to get the keys. Yes, yes. <laughs> he'd have been all over that Tarantino man, <laughs> pervert. Uh, all right, so last thing or last two things, I guess. Can I just Some, say something real quick? Yeah. Do you remember when we took our, like, what celebrity do you look like? Yes. Yes. And I got Idris Elba. (laughs) (laughs) Just want to say. I forgot about that. If you have the time, go Google celebrity lookalike quiz. And it's like five question quiz that we found on Google. (laughs) And Jeff got, (laughs) Jeff is white and not Not at all like Idris Elba. Not cool at all. (laughs) God, Idris Elba. I was so hyped. It was amazing. Made my life. It was amazing. (laughs) Okay, sorry. Continue. (laughs) So I just wanted to finish my two favorite lines of the movie and then my takeaway. Okay. And my takeaway is funny too, so (laughs) two favorite lines. One being that it was when they're in the the Starro Tower Mm -hmm. and the driver (laughs) dies out of nowhere and they can't remember his name, first of all. Milton. Yes. And Polka Dot Man goes... Fizzle sticks. <laughs> such a dumb thing, it's but so it made stupid. me laugh so hard when he just goes, Fizzle sticks, <laughs> like out of nowhere. Margot Robbie was killing me. She's like, what kind of name is Milton? Yes, yes. I actually knew a Milton, so it's kind of Yeah, funny. there you go. And then my other favorite line was when Harley Quinn breaks out from the, uh, from the dictator's uh, guards, I guess, mm-hmm. breaks out on her own, and she has the javelin mm-hmm. from the hero that dies in the beginning, Javelin. Mm-hmm. And they, Rick Flagg goes, what's with the Javelin? She says, I'm waiting on God to tell me. <laughs> that cracks me up. <laughs> that was, oh, this is so hilarious because it was such a great callback from the very beginning of the movie when Javelin dies before he can tell her what to do mm-hmm. with the Javelin. <laughs> She's like, I'm waiting, yeah. I'm waiting on God tell to tell me. <laughs> you didn't tell me. <laughs> It, then it's called back again later when she's like, I know what I have the javelin for. Yes. Yes. When she just throws it through Sarah's eye. Yes. But <laughs> then my takeaway. Mm-hmm. Weasel's alive. So. Yes. <laughs> Five stars. Five stars. <laughs> Weasel made it. Literally my first note in the movie says, Weasel is iconic and I wish he lasted longer. And then my last note of the movie says, Weasel's alive in all yes. caps. <laughs> well, that reminds me of a note I put in. I was like, stop the animal violence. Okay. <laughs> the bird at the beginning dies. Why? And then the birds get set on fire later. Yes. Why? And then I thought I Weasel know. was dead. Uh, Weasel died. I might have had to rate this movie. It's okay. You're, you, so you're okay with birds being burned alive. But if Weasel yeah, weasel is where I draw a line, okay? <laughs> Normal animals, they can die, but okay. weasel has to stay alive. Well, I say stop all the animal violence, including weasel. Okay, my, that's my fine. Guy. That's fine. <laughs> you have any more notes? Or are you ready for the rating? I, I was just going to say um, one of my favorite lines was when they were introduced to Ratcatcher 2, who I think she might actually be my favorite character or one of my favorite characters in this movie. It's yeah. just great, but... <laughs> when she can't get up and John Cena's like millennials. <laughs> <laughs> 
just killed me. Yes. John Cena, I'm very excited. Another note, kind of not really about the movie, but I'm very excited that he's getting his own show mm-hmm. on HBO. I think that's going to be great. Yeah, that's, that's And that's a that's a James Gunn show, too, I'm pretty sure. I didn't see. I don't even know. I'm pretty that's sure cool. it is. I could be wrong about that. I'll have to Wikipedia that. Yes. We'll correct it next episode. Yes. We're wrong. But I'm excited to see a Peacemaker show because he had a great, great one-liners. I hope they bring in some other B-minus supervillains from DC Comics, because there's so many, you know, yeah. I mean, James Gunn killed off 10 in the first, and there's like 50 more to work with, you yeah. know, so it's not like you're running it. We'll i Yeah, <laughs> I'm a short straw here. So what's your verdict, Stephen? What do you think? So I, I texted you this while I was watching it. Mm-hmm. This is a movie right up my alley. Yeah. Like, you're you're in my sweet spot here. Action I'm, comedy is, uh, I'm a guy's guy. I'm a whatever you mm-hmm. want to call it. That's Maybe it's dumb. Maybe it's whatever. But it's my kind of dumb. I loved Deadpool. It's mm-hmm. one of my favorite movies. I loved Guardians of the Galaxy, one of my favorite movies. And mm-hmm. I, as I described earlier, I feel like it's a come-between between those because you get the same sort of jokes you get in Guardians of the Galaxy. You get that ensemble movie, but you get the rated R. You get the kind of darker side of it with mm-hmm. the, the Deadpool um, so I'm going to give it like a 98. Okay. I, I, I really Parasite score. Parasite was a great movie, right? Mm-hmm. I think I give it a 95, right? Yeah. Great movie. Subtitles. Korean. Okay. I got Fair I just, enough. 98, man. That's higher than I thought you would go. I, again, this is like, you're hitting my sweet spot with this mm-hmm. movie right here. You know, this is like, I told you that after I saw it, you did. I was you, like, you're going to love this. You did. And that's, you know, like I said, it, it may not, I think James Gunn did a lot of creative stuff with it. I think he mm-hmm. was. It was well written. It was it was what it was supposed to be. You know, he didn't put it. He didn't try to be something that is. He didn't try to be like the first Suicide Squad that was supposed to be this dark, moody thing. But Mm -hmm. then tried to throw in random jokes at times, and I believe that was part of Warner Brothers' fault. Maybe a little bit of David Iyer in there too. But it was just a dark, moody, trying to be like almost like the Dark Knight, but it wasn't going to get there kind of thing. You know, no no chance, no chance. Like Dark Knight was that moody kind of dark part of DC. Also Christopher Nolan. So great, but yeah, a great movie. But I feel like. The fur original was trying to be that, and mm-hmm. it was just never going to work. No, with, no. With a Suicide Squad, it's just not going to work. So I think the way that James Gunn did it was just great. It was what it was supposed to be, yeah. and it was funny. I laughed. I enjoyed the movie. It was one of those fun movies, you know. You watch yeah. it, and you don't you don't walk away being like, eh, I wasted an hour. Mm-hmm. Even if you didn't necessarily love the art or the, it wasn't a slow burn or anything like right. that. No, it certainly You still wasn't. walk away entertained. Yeah. So that's my takeaway. Okay. So high. That's you're again. You're in my wheelhouse here. Like that's just you're not going to get much higher than that. That's awesome. That's just be, I love James Gunn though too. So I'm really I'm, glad you liked it that much. It, it makes sense. I mean, honestly, it's it's really impressive because James Gunn was put in a tough situation with this. A movie that was a colossal flop. Um, a weird title that confused people, which we yeah. touched on. So. And that was one of the reasons I did read too that you know it didn't do as great as people expected at the box office. But, well, the pandemic certainly doesn't help. So, for one, pandemic doesn't help mm-hmm. research in COVID mm-hmm. and everything like that. So, that's not helping anything. And then the other thing, obviously, was released on HBO Max exactly. at the same time. So, I think what I read, too, from critics and other things, they think the movie probably did a lot better than the money that you're seeing from the box office come in. Oh, I'm sure. Because they think... Probably, you know, you, you don't know until the end of the year how many more subscriptions came because of that or if anybody just, you know, got a, a week free to watch right. it or, or whatever and else. I guarantee you know? a lot of people did that. I think so, too. And it's still grossing money. It's still mm-hmm. going to go over budget. And I and I think that they they want to do a sequel. I don't know if it's in the works. I think James Gunn is already tied up. I'm, I know with Guardians 3, but yeah. I don't know what else. So. I think he is 
as of right now, the plan is for him to come back and direct a sequel to this. Yeah, I would love a sequel. But the thing is, Guardians 3 comes out 2023, so he's going to be tied up with that, like he's he said. He's going to be tied up a lot. So Very successful guy. So That's what happens, yeah. yeah. Make a good movie. So, so what's, your, what's your verdict? You're going to hurt my heart, but it's okay. No, I don't think it's bad, um, as you might have expected. I gave this movie a 71. Nah, that's why I thought it was going to be. That hurts my heart still, but it's not okay. a bad score, though. It's the, not a bad score. The biggest issue for Better me, again, is James Gunn's... <laughs> Call back to a scene in the Suicide Squad as there well. There you go. Uh-huh. Um, also, James Gunn has a big issue with exposition. Uh, explain yourself. Well, he always just instead of trusting the audience to understand what's going on. Or okay. To, so it's your it's your Marvel issue. My Marvel issue. He did this. It was way worse than Guardians of the Galaxy, where almost every single line is like, you know, a way to like explain the plot. It's the way to, instead of just letting us see what's going on, it's instead of show, don't tell, he's telling, not showing. So it's kind of the opposite of Parasite, where Parasite has a lot of unspoken, you just figure it out, whereas this has a lot of obvious. It's just like one. (laughs) Maybe I'm a child, Jeff. I don't know. Maybe I need it. No, I don't think that at all. It's just, it's one of those, like a scene at the beginning when we're introduced to Bloodsport. Yeah. We have the random, you know, the guy that's like eating chips and just sitting there the whole time. He's like walking and they're, they're watching Bloodsport like scoop gum on the floor. Yeah. And he's like, who is Bloodsport? And then she explains, like, his whole backstory as they walk to him. But it's like, really? But how do you, else would you know? Uh, that's, so that was one of the things that I liked, though, because they didn't have to do a, a full, very long backstory. It is quicker. Sport. It is quicker. They literally just do it as she's walking up. It just feels so, unnatural. But how would you know who was Bloodsport if that one didn't happen? There, I mean, there's other ways. First how would of you all, have done it? Would see, you have done a flashback or something? But can I have two years to write the movie like James Gunn had? Please. No, you have 30 seconds. Okay. <laughs> It's, well, first of all, we see the dynamic between him and his daughter. That right. explains a lot right there. That's right. really all we need. Um, also, we get the scene where they explain what John Cena does. But they make it a joke. I was going to say, that, I think that's one of the brilliant things about it, too, is they make it a joke about how they explain Bloodsport and they explain Peacemaker. Like, so, like me. The same. <laughs> but better. Okay. You that's fair. So, they made but it a joke. That's not the only scene. There are several there, scenes yeah, that's throughout fair. where there's a lot of exposition. I see what you're saying. I'm just... Also, like when Pete Davidson's character, I think his character's name is Blackguard. He's, right. like, selling them out at the beginning, yes. if you remember. Yes. But how does that make any sense? Because if he has the chip in his head, there's no way he'll survive. Jeff, that's one of those things where she'll you just, just be like, you you're off mission. You don't read into it, Jeff. You don't read into it. That's that's one of those, uh, yeah, you would want them to explain that. That's more exposition, Jeff. Okay. Pick your poison. Good point. <laughs> but there are so many beautiful scenes, including the one on the tower I mentioned several times. Yeah. Like, one of my favorite scenes I've seen this year. I think great, that you so. can, even if you, because you're, this is, I think you would like you like this movie kind of movie, but it's not obviously your mm-hmm. your high rating. I do movies. enjoy it. It's as better. I said, it's I, better than I expected it to be. That's what I said. Honestly. I think that you enjoy these type of movies, but they're not your favorite type of movies. That makes not sense. my favorite, but yeah. Whereas these are my favorite, so this is where we're gonna where we're gonna disagree on things. Sure. I think that you can appreciate the art in it though too. I think there are scenes like you just kind of described mm-hmm. earlier that there are scenes where you can be like, okay, that was really well done. He, or, he's okay, a true director. Is, he's a true. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So even even sure. though we're getting the the dumb comedy, the exposition, the the super generic superhero, or not not generic, but the superhero movie kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And that, I think that's what one of James Gunn's big arguments with Scorsese or Jack Black or anything like that, just because it's a high budget film that's going to make money because of it's a superhero or because there's so many fans of DC or, or Marvel or whatever mm-hmm. doesn't mean that you don't care for it and you put effort into it and you make art out of it. Yeah. So 71 mm-hmm. garbage score. <laughs> <laughs> so I hope there's a sequel. Yeah, um, I'll, I would I'll definitely, definitely watch it. I'm um, looking forward to more James Gunn work. And um, yeah, I think that wraps up 
Unless you have anything else, I think that wraps up our Suicide Squad review. It sure does. The Suicide Squad review. It's the. The. Make the. sure you get that in It's there. like the Ohio State. The. Yes. Suicide Squad. <laughs> okay. Um, so just to wrap up the show, we're going to do one more segment, and then we're going to preview next week's yes. show. So our last segment, um, and we're going to kind of do this briefly. We can get we can touch more on it on another episode if you want to, Jeff. Mm-hmm. We're going to give our top five movies that we're looking forward to for the rest of 2021. Do you want to go first? Or you want me to go first? I can go first because I feel like we're gonna at least one of these movies we're gonna be the same. All right, you I can think go first. you might be surprised on what my other movies are. Okay. I, well, three of them you know, but the the two of them I think you'll be surprised. Okay, let's hear it. So my number one, or look, you can start with number five. Start with number five. Yeah, well, you got to work your way down. Uh, I'll I'll preface this: Sherlock Holmes three is supposed to be out. Not in 2021. It's supposed to be out soon. I guess mm-hmm. it's 2022. But I read some things that it said it was 2021. Sherlock Holmes 3 is coming out in 2021, which I don't think it is. But if it did... If it's TBA, be... you can still count it, though, because we don't know for sure. So. We don't know for sure. That was just... I read on it, but I, there was nothing conclusive. So, I, so if it's not conclusive and it's August, I don't think it's going to come out in 21. So that's your number five? That If if that comes out, but that that's not actually my number five. I'm okay. just saying like that... It's an honorable I wanted mention. to preface that okay. because... That would be in my top five. It would be higher than number five, but Guy I Ritchie. love love the Sherlock. Holmes. I like Guy Ritchie. Mm-hmm. Love uh, the Sherlock Holmes movies. Okay, number five is going to be Jackass Forever. I had a feeling that was going to be. Uh, it's dumb <laughs> comedy again. Hey, don't get me wrong. I'm going to go see it too. As I say, it's it's great <laughs> great nostalgia too. Like it's the last one for all these guys, and you know, great movies in the early mm-hmm. 2000s. They're gross, but they're still funny. I don't know what it is. Um, number four. Oh, you don't want to let me do my number five? Oh, okay. You want to go? Okay. Yeah. We can, do, we can do that way. My number five is Last Night in Soho, directed by Edgar Wright, who did Baby Driver, Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. It's also, so you did a lot more research in like, who directed and everything. I just wrote down movies. Well, it's got Anya Taylor-Joy in it. Yes. And Queen's Gambit and yes. Thomas and McKenzie from Old and Jojo Rabbit. Anya Taylor-Joy is also in, uh, what's that movie? The Witch. Well, that, uh, but I'm thinking of the <laughs> oh, are you uh, ex- M. Night Shyamalan movie. I think it's in my shallow one. And Ani Taylor Joy is not in old. Is that what you're no, talking no, about? No, 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 no. Thomas McKenzie's in old. No. Oh, you're talking about the psychopath guy, the split, split movie. She sure is. Isn't in my shallow movie? That is an in okay. movie. That's what I she's she in split. Yeah. Good point. Yeah. Sorry. So, go ahead. This movie just looks awesome. It's uh, based. It's inspired by Giallo movies from the '80s. Italian what movies. Giallo. These Italian Giallo, slasher okay. movies. I you said Giallo. No. <laughs> and it just looks awesome, man. The trailer was really cool. It's going to be a I horror need to watch movie. The trailer. Yeah, I haven't seen it. Awesome. I like Anya Taylor Joy. I think she's a great actress. Yeah, and Thomas McKenzie's great too. I feel like that's a U, more of a U type movie than mm-hmm. a P type movie. It's going to be. It's going to be safe. I feel like yeah. that's more of a U type movie. Right, what's uh, your number four? This one's hard because I kind of have a tie. Can I do a tie? Yeah, is that sure. allowed? You I can do whatever you want. We didn't. We didn't go over our rules here. Yeah, but I'm going over a tie here. Eternals. Looks really good. Great cast. Sure does. Great ensemble yeah. cast. Chloe Zhao. Yeah. But that's Director. kind of like a that was a cop out pick. I feel like just because it's a Marvel movie and I like Marvel. It, it still looks pretty cool. It looks very cool. I like Kit Harrington in it. I, well, I like Kit Harrington. Obviously, Richard we both Madden. watch Game of Thrones. What's the guy's name? What's Rob Stark's name? Richard Madden. Richard Madden. Yeah, he's Love him. Yeah. He's always cool. He's, he's got cool. that suave thing about him. I don't know what it is. But I think my non-cop-out answer, which I think you'll be surprised, is French Dispatch. Really? Okay. I actually went back and watched the trailer, or uh-huh. I guess the newest trailer. I think I'm really excited for it. I was already excited for it a little bit. I love Bill Murray, first of all. Who He's doesn't? I mean, how do you not watch a movie with Bill Murray? <laughs> Second of all, I mean, I like Timothy Chalamet. It's got such a great... Owen Wilson. Uh, it's got such a great cast. It's mm-hmm. got such a huge cast. And the way 
it's done, I think I'm really going to like how it's kind of like in chapters almost, mm-hmm. uh, where they just cut from story to story about what the stories they wrote and how they wrote it, the different writers in this. Mm-hmm. It's, that's what I got from the trailer anyways. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like a love letter to journalism. Yes, and so. I, I think it's going to be really good comedy. Big flaw in it, though. You already know what I'm going to say. Let's What's hear the it. big flaw? I don't know, actually. There's a lot of black and white. Oh. Huge flaw. Wow. Huge flaw. Yeah. It's not all going to be in black it's and not, white. It's not. That's what I'm saying. But You'll there's be fine. big parts that are black and white. <laughs> You'll Jeff. be fine. Okay, but that that one that one looks... Okay. I think we. I think you probably have that on here somewhere, too. We'll is see. Is that your number two? We'll see. I think it's your number two. <laughs> It's my guess. Is, my that, number, is that a good guess? We'll get there, okay, Steven. Okay, I think it's a good guess. <laughs> my number four is Spider-Man No Way Home. Okay. Looks, like you, you might say it's a cop-out because it's Marvel. I'm honestly not the biggest MCU fan, although they do have some awesome movies, but this movie looks great. Spider-Man was always my favorite superhero. i say the trailer just dropped. It looks awesome. so good. I mean, yeah. I think everybody's so excited for it because if you, you keep up with, well, if you keep up with Marvel, too, you get the whole multiverse thing from mm-hmm. WandaVision's kind of released, and then obviously Doctor Strange movie, Multiverse of Madness is coming out, I think, in 22. Yeah, Sam Raimi movie, which is interesting, because he did the first Spider-Man movies we got. He did, so. he did. And then, um, it just looks cool. You, yeah. get, you get a shot of the Sinister Six coming back, which are coming for the first time in a mm-hmm. Spider-Man movie, which is such a huge part in the comics and everything. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm such a nerd god. This is absolutely <laughs> on your list. I don't know where, but I know it's on there. It is on my list. So, number three, mm-hmm. I Have No Time to Die. Okay. I love Daniel Craig as James Bond. Same. I love most of James Bond. Quantum of Solace, a little slow. Still good. I'm actually with you on that, yeah. Um, I love, obviously, Casino Royale, great movie. Great obviously, movie. Skyfall is the insanely best. good. The best. Slow on, um, I can't remember. Spectre? The, yeah, Spectre. Another slower one, kind of more on the Quantum of Solace realm. But Casino mm-hmm. Royale and Skyfall just are so good. Yeah. And, and Daniel the- Craig's another one of those where... He's in the same vein as Idris Elba in my mind, anyways. But they swap. So cool. cool. This is his last Bond movie, by the way. Okay, but he's been saying that how many times? He swears this time. But I know. But he said that at Skyfall, and then he did Spectre, (laughs) and then he said Spectre. He said, "This is my last one. I'm never doing again. I'm tired of being James Bond." And then he's doing this one. So what? Well, that check. That fat check they gave him. Yes, but they're going to keep giving him fat check. He's done. I'm telling you, he's going. I hope he's not. He's doing Knives Out two and three. I did. Yeah, on Netflix, which Netflix paid so much money for that. Yeah. Well, Knives Out is awesome, so... It was good, but it wasn't that good. Anyway, <laughs> that's a big sidetrack there. Uh, remind me of the villain's name in No Time to Die. Actor it's Rami Malek. Rami yeah. Malek. Great actor. He was in Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah, so he's been Freddy in a lot, Mercury. actually. He, yeah. I, he's he's in, even in a video game. Twilight. Is he? Yes. I've never seen Twilight, It's so the Breaking know. Dawn Part 2. Okay. So the, I had no the idea. very last movie. Yeah, didn't know until I saw him either. That's I was like, crazy. ah, that's yeah. Rami Malek. <laughs> oh, the director of No Time to Die, by the way, Carrie Joji Fukunaga. He did True Detective, <laughs> season one. Fantastic oh, director. Did. He did. He did. Yes. Okay, Carrie threw me off. Yeah, I get oh, That makes sense. Yeah, he's uh, a great director. Yeah, so. no, very excited for that. It looks Same like man. the trailer Same. looks good. Like, it's a, I, I'm, I'm a, like, you're, oh, getting, you're yeah. getting me. It's in my wheelhouse. I'm an action guy, James Bond. It's going to be on. sick. Spy movie. Like, you ready for my number three? Is it French Dispatch? No. No, I think French Dispatch too. The Last Duel. Directed by Ridley Scott. Oh, that's the um, that's the uh, uh, I know what you're talking about. Matt Damon's in it. It's and, the reunion of uh, Matt Damon and Ben Affleck. Ben Affleck. They and, also uh, wrote this movie. I did not know that they wrote the screenplay. Yeah, interesting. So, so it's a, another. It's a it's a Goodwill Hunting. <laughs> yeah, it's about a knight who challenges his friend and squire to a trial by combat, which this is based on a true story. It was actually the last legally sanctioned duel in the history of France. Really, I didn't so, know it was the last legally sanctioned. That's cool. I did. It's very dramatic. It looks really good. Looks awesome. I'm going to be upset because one of them's going to die, and I'm not going to yeah. be okay with it. Well, it's, it's just so like, cool that it's their reunion again, and this I just love like classic so, medieval, yeah. you know, swords, and I, it just looks awesome. And uh, Ben. 
Solo, Kylo Ren. What's his act? Adam, Adam Driver's Driver. in it. Thank yes, you. and Adam also Driver. Jodie Comer, who I wasn't yes, familiar she's with the until recently. Wife of Matt Damon, right? In yeah, the movie. in and the movie. I've seen her. I saw her in Free Guy recently. Terrible movie, yeah. but she was awesome. I got. I, see, I've heard really good reviews. So I heard it's. We won't get into that. We'll yeah, get into that. We'll, I'll watch Free Guy. And I'm we'll impressed with her. That. I think she was awesome in that, and she's going to kill it in this. And Ridley Scott. I'm excited for it. It's kind of in the same vein for me as this is may not make sense, but Troy. You seen Troy? I have seen Troy, of course. Yeah. So you know that's spoiler alert here for people who haven't seen Troy, which why well, haven't you? Made in like 2003, but anyways, mm-hmm. very upset that the good guy dies to Achilles. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, he's just trying to do the right thing. He's this great warrior. He's a good guy. Yeah. But he, I mean, obviously, Achilles is such a great warrior, and it's mm-hmm. Brad Pitt and everything like that. But Very handsome. So yes. Like, you know, like, that's so upsetting that he died there. Yeah. Well, that he had to die there. Like, why don't you just do, like, one of the, the, the par- terrible people? Let them die. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Well, so I think it's going to be in the same vein for me anyways. Like, Troy is such a good movie to me. Yeah, but I don't like watching that because I don't like watching that guy die. Because I'm you root for that guy. I hate watching yeah. people you root for and well, have this. You know, you mentioned Troy Ridley Scott, the director of The Last Duel, also did Gladiator. So. Yes, I love. I mean, I love Gladiator. But who does Gladiator? He doesn't. I mean, he dies, but he gets his revenge. Mm-hmm. And he wants to die at the end. Yeah. So, like, what? Come on, Ridley Scott. What are we doing here? Yeah. <laughs> What's okay. your number two, Steve? Number two, you had it right, Spider Man. No, no way, way home. home. Yeah, I just wrote duh. 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 It looks Duh. awesome. What, you, what are you favorite, gonna do? Favorite uh, superhero of all time for me, um, number one overall. Apparently, Tom Holland and Zendaya are like going out in real life. Yes, they are. I did not I know saw that on Twitter. Day. I saw so, it on Twitter. That's so, really cool. Good for yeah. them. It's one of those movies where they're a couple in the movie and a couple mm-hmm. in real life. I like Tom Holland's accent in real life. I do too. Pretty awesome. I like Zendaya a lot. So who does? Here we are. Season yeah, season something big coming as well. So, but I'm very excited for. Mm-hmm. That movie. Very, very so, excited. When is it? Is it November? No, December. December 17th. 17th. Yep. It's my dad's birthday. Shout out, Dad. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Shout out, shout out my dad, Jeffrey. Yeah. Is that your dad's name? We've gone over this. What? Dad. Yes. <laughs> he goes by Todd, though. Does he go? He goes by... It's his middle name. Interesting. Yeah. He should go by Jeffrey. No. It's way better. No. Sounds like an old man. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> my number two is... You guessed it, the French Dispatch. Uh, <laughs> Wes Anderson. Yes, one of my favorite I forgot directors. to mention Wes Anderson. I should have mentioned that. But you mentioned that it looks like it's a movie that could be told in chapters. Yes. It probably will be because he's done that like four times. He does. He has done that. Yeah. I love it. He's just great. You should totally watch the Grand Budapest Hotel if you haven't. Yeah, I need to. That was, that's on my list. I have it's, a lot of movies on my list. Though. Dude, everyone is in this movie. In Grand yeah. Budapest Hotel? No, or, and the French Dispatch. Yes, I know. If you can think of them, they're in this. Adrian Birdie's in it. Sir Sharon. Which I kind of like it. Adrian Birdie. I feel like he gets yeah. a bad rap. He's he's underrated. Random, but I feel like he gets a bad I'm, rap. I'm with you. And What's the uh, uh, African-American guy's name in this? He's in Westworld. Uh, Jeffrey Wright. Yeah, I like him too. Yeah, he's awesome. I feel like he's always a bad guy. Yeah. He is a lot. <laughs> what was that? I had to swat something. something <laughs> right in front of me. I'm sorry. I was giving you another clapper. Keeping that in. I don't know what that was, but I'm keeping it in. <laughs> Let's hear your number one. You need a drum roll? Uh, no, I mean, okay. our, our number one's going to be the exact Let's same. It. It's going to be the same. It's Dune. Obviously, yes. it's Dune. Also my number Such one. a great cast. Such a great story. I never saw the 19, I believe it was 80s. 1984. 84 yep. that came out. Directed by one of my favorite directors, David Lynch. And that movie was like, it was a bomb. In 84? Yeah. And David Who, Lynch. Who's directing this one? Is it David Lynch? This yet? is, no, this oh, is Denis so. Villeneuve. He's a French director. <laughs> this man has done Prisoners, one of my favorite movies. Yes. Blade Runner 2049. Great movie. Okay. Arrival. Awesome I never movie. saw Arrival. Um, Prisoners and 
Blade Runner and 2049, both great movies. They're awesome, yeah. Both okay. really well shot. He's dude. literally never made a bad movie. They're all incredible. <laughs> never, I'm serious. Never. Never. All of his movies are like at least four and a half star movies for me. They're really good. They're incredible. So I'm, I'm very excited for it. The He's cast is insane. I like Timothy Chalamet a lot. I've, I've liked him more and more the more movies I've seen him He's in, awesome. honestly. Yeah, this has, oh, this has Chalamet. This has Zendaya. This it has, has Jason Momoa. Isn't Bautista in it? Bautista's in it. <laughs> Um, uh, Oscar Isaac's in it. Uh, what's what's we could go the mom? All day. What's the mom? Uh, Rebecca Ferguson. Rebecca in Ferguson's, Ferguson's in it. Who was just in Reminiscence, which we probably will do a review on soon. Yeah, just came out last week. Yes, yeah, it's on it HBO. Haven't seen it yet. But this movie just looks incredible. Looks so good. Um, I'm David, so excited. David Lynch disowned his 1980s for, and David Lynch is one of the greatest directors. I thought, of all da- time. I thought Dune, though, like the movie that came out in '84, was like a cult classic almost. So I mean, like David Lynch fans, like me. Love that movie, but... You haven't seen it, though, have you? Um, not all the way through, because the thing is, David Lynch has disowned it. He said he doesn't see it as, like, his movie, because the studio made him do so much he didn't want to do. Fair so, enough. yeah. But Denis Villeneuve got, as far as we know, like, full creative control. And the writer of this movie is Denis Villeneuve and Eric Roth, who's doing the Killers of the Flower Moon movie. He did Benjamin Button. Killers wrote, of the Flower Moon, is that... That's that... Scorsese and Leo movie. That's yeah. Coming. But he also wrote Forrest Gump. The writer of this movie, so he's got like an wait. What's the, who was the writer? It's um, it's Denis Villeneuve, the director, and then Eric Roth. Yeah, Eric Roth did also did uh, Benjamin Button. Yeah, did exactly. you mention that already? I did, yeah. Okay, I just sorry blanked on that, but yeah, he's done a lot. So he's a great writer, great writer, great director, great director. So he's going to be incredible. I'm very excited. Same man. To wrap up, we next week's show we will have our first guest. Yeah. Tell be... him who it is. <laughs> Tell him who it is. <laughs> well, we call him Cocky. Uh-huh. He is another coworker. Or the Cockrell. Or the Cockrell. Or mm-hmm. Stephen is his actual name. Stephen Cockrell. Yeah. Stephen Cockrell. And great we... guy. Great guy. And because the trailer just dropped, because it's on our top five list, mm-hmm. uh, because he's excited about it too, we'll be reviewing Spider-Man, the Sam Raimi, uh, Tobey Maguire, Kirsten Dunst. 2001, Kristen Dunst movie. Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Grew up with it. I owned it on DVD. I owned all three on DVD. Loved it growing up. Was my When I walked out of that theater when I was like seven or whatever, yep. I said it was my favorite movie. Loved it's a it. good movie. It's a good, it'll be a good feel-good movie. We'll probably have some major critiques of it, When's but it'll be When's the last time fun. you've seen it? Oh, it's been... I haven't seen it since it came out, so I have no idea what I'm going to Seven years? This movie. Oh, wow. Well, it's been like Give 19, or take? 19 for me, so... I mean, like I said, I owned it on DVD, so I watched them a lot growing up, but it's yeah. been a hot minute since I've seen it, so I'll, I'll have some funny notes and quips going on there, but I'll also be excited to rewatch it. We will also give uh, a draft, our first movie draft. Not Dang. positive what we're going to be. Might be superheroes, might be superhero movies, might be Marvel movies. Mm-hmm. Somewhere along that vein to do with Spider-Man, since yep. that's what we will be reviewing. Very excited for that. And tune in next week. Anything else, Jeff? I think that's all I've got. Um, okay, go follow. Cool. Oh, uh, last thing, go follow us on Instagram and yes. Twitter. I don't think we have a Facebook, but Instagram and Twitter. Well, we're not fifty, so yeah, it's true. I never get on Facebook, <laughs> but Instagram and Twitter. Yep. Hey, don't shout out our fifty-year-old plus. No, listeners. no, you guys shout out fifty-year-old plus. We love you guys. My mom and dad shout out yes. <laughs> one of our one of our five listeners. Mom and dad, we love you. Don't guys. leave us. <laughs> but slow burn pod. Instagram. Slow burn pod on Twitter and on Instagram. Mm-hmm. We will be putting out when the show drops, and then you can find us on Spotify and Anchor. It takes a little while for Spotify to upload. Um, so if you can't find it on Spotify, go to anchor.com. Uh, we'll put out the link in our Instagram and Twitter, and yes. then both Jeff and I will 
probably put it on our story on Instagram and mm-hmm. put it on our or retweet it on Twitter or whatever else. Yep. So with my five Twitter followers, <laughs> you need to work on that. Get Jeff. back in the game. Mine yeah. got hacked, man. Sorry. Come on, you could have had so many followers if you just let it get hacked. I know. You, you imagine how many listeners we would have if you just let that <laughs> Asian porn star keep tweeting stuff out. It's I know. It's I should have kept the podcast in mind when I did that. I'm Come sorry. On. Come on, Jeff. I'm an idiot. Okay. Think, think of the people. I'm... <laughs> <laughs> All right. Tune in next week for another episode of Slow Burn.